happy ending pod shows a couple of guys with microphones on a computer consuming copious amounts of alcohol and who say anything about anyone and everything they feel like. It is all in fun and not to be taken seriously. We don't own the rights to any music playing during our broadcast. Thank you and enjoy. Welcome to the Happy Ending Pod Show starring Grant and B3. Once upon a time, there was a functional recluse named Bob and he met someone named Grant. And he didn't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Two guys drinking way too much that decided to record it for your amusement. One day, Grant goes, Bob, you should get out of your hermit shell and come over and hang out. I have good beer and good music. Origin of Happy Ending Podcast. <laughs> Take it away, boys. And the rest is what I remember, history. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. You're putting me on. No, it's pronounced Frankenstein. Do you also say Froedrich? No. Frederick. Well, why isn't it Froedrich Frankenstein? It isn't, it's Frederick Frankenstein. I see. You must be Igor. No, it's pronounced Igor. But they told me it was Igor. Well, they were wrong then, weren't they? And welcome to the Happy Ending Pod Show and this uh, wonderful Halloween. As uh, usual, we like to bring uh, a special episode on the day of Halloween. Uh, We've done this, I believe, for at least three or four years now. Um, Something like that. So this year we wanted to make it a little different, uh, in case you didn't notice by the intro, uh, what we have was uh, some uh, music and excerpts uh, from uh, Young Frankenstein, movie starring Gene Wilder, Peter Boyle, Marty Feldman, Terry Garr, Madeline Kahn, Cloris Leachman, uh, it's a Mel Brooks film, originally was not a Mel Brooks film, but... Uh, the long history of, of the film, uh, it, it became a Mel Brooks film. Um, so from 1974, uh, this classic horror parody was originally written by Gene Wilder. And I am a huge fan of Gene Wilder from his Willy Wonka uh, film, the original adaptation, to uh, his movies with uh, Richard Pryor. Um, so, what uh, See No Evil, Hear No Evil, and there's a couple others, and for some reason, uh, Silver Streak is one of them, and Bustin' Loose, I think, is the other one, or maybe wrong on that, and it might be just a prior movie, but uh, Gene Wilder was such a good actor, um, a good a comedic actor, Blazing Saddles, um, the producers, uh, among some of his best, but we're talking about Young Frankenstein today, so Young Frankenstein, um, 1974, film parodied off of the old 30 classics the 30s 1930s classics frankenstein movies bride of frankenstein son of frankenstein frankenstein returns um and if you don't know frankenstein is the name of the doctor and uh, monster is frankenstein's monster so let's clear that up right away so even in a catalog full of classic young 
classics, Young Frankenstein stands out as one of Mel Brooks' most beloved flicks. And it's easy to understand why the horror parody is hilarious. But while the comedy classic has built up a sizable following since it released in 74, there are some juicy details that fans might not know about. Some of these behind-the-scenes stories are so funny that it's scary. So, uh, first screen testing was disastrous. To say that young Frankenstein's initial test screening was a horror show would be underselling it. The film clocked in at more than two hours at the stage with the New York Post revealing that Brooks said to the audience, he stated, you've just seen a two hour and 22 million failure in less than three weeks. I want you back here to see a 95 minute smash hit movie. The rest is history. Um, some ad libbing. There's a great scene with uh, Gene Wilder. And they're playing darts with the uh, detective or the uh, police, the police chief of the small village there. So it's uh, the sequence where Gene Wilder's Dr. Frederick Frankenstein, Stein, whichever you want to call him, is playing darts with Inspector Kemp. As one of the projectiles flies out of the shot, a cat yelps is shot. A cat yelps in shock. Well, that sound came courtesy of Mel Brooks, who positioned just off screen, and it wasn't even planned. He improvised it while the cameras were still rolling. So the, the whole dart scene is a great scene where uh, the Inspector Kemp uh, cheats, makes the noise, and it's... Uh, Gene Wilder hired Mel Brooks. So uh, he was uh, able to recruit Mel, and I saw an interview where it was suggested to Gene about doing a movie with Marty Feldman and Peter Boyle. And then he said he had a script, and he mailed it off to his manager. And the manager said, well, how about getting Mel to, uh, to direct this? Um, so the New York Post reported that Brooks spotted Wilder's outline for the film as they were making Blazing Saddles together. Um, not what I heard in the interview. Uh, the star then may, said, my dream is for you to write it with me and direct it. So him and Mel then sat down and finished writing the screenplay for this movie. A repeated conversation, if you know in the train scene where he's leaving after he's been told he's uh, inherited his fa uh, his grandfather's castle and everything. It's a, it's a little funny detail when Wilder Frankenstein is traveling via train to reach New York. Near the start of the movie, we overhear a man and woman quarreling, um, but then as the as we transition to a shot of him on a train carriage heading to Transylvania, the exact same conversation is picked up again, except it's in German this time. Um, the one scene that apparently had the most takes during the film, and if, you, if you've seen around the internet recent, uh, in the last few years, there's the outtakes are now, of, you can find them on the internet. Um but given how funny young Frankenstein is, it shouldn't be too surprising to hear that the actors couldn't keep straight faces for certain scenes. On that note, it said that the hardest sequence to get through was when Marty Feldman, Feldman's Igor overzealously attacks Elizabeth's scarf outside the castle. Uh, the outtakes, uh, like I said, are out there, and they're pretty good, too. Igor, would you give me a hand with the bags? Certainly. You take the blonde, and I'll take the one in the Taven. <laughs> Stop that. I'm talking about the luggage. And if uh, you listen to that scene that we just played from, that we're talking about there, um, you can hear Gene Wilder giggling as he's, you know, reciting his next line. 
So you can hear uh, in his voice there. Um, extra scenes were added to prolong the shoot. Have you ever had so much fun at a party you wish you could last forever? Well, the crew working on Young Frankenstein could certainly relate to that. Brooks, in particular, was having a ball with his actors and wasn't ready to stop. So as the shoot was set to conclude, he decided to create some additional sequence to prolong the production. Pretty uh, impressive that you can do that when you have, I guess, that kind of money and power or whatever in Hollywood. Uh, Hans Delbruck, if you don't know the name by me just saying it, it is the brain that uh, young Frankenstein sent Igor out to retrieve for the monster. So Hans Delbruck was a real guy. Um, the scientist, uh, it says um, the brain, Hans Delbruck, scientist and saint. Um, so Hans Delbruck uh, was, uh, it turns out, that wasn't made a made-up name. He was a real guy. Delbruck was renowned for his knowledge of military history before his death in 1929. Maybe I should have researched a little more on Hans Delbruck. Um, but yeah, if you recall the scene, he... Drops Mr. Delbrooks when he's lightning flashes and he sees himself in the mirror, drops the brain, and then just grabs Abby, Abby something's brain. Um, and then the rest is uh, monster history. Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry. I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. Abby normal. I'm almost sure that was the name. <laughs> Are you saying that I put an abnormal brain into a seven and a half foot long, 54 inch wide? Gorilla! That's what he's telling you. Uh, so the monster's makeup, uh, Peter Boyle plays the Frankenstein monster. Due to young Frankenstein's black and white cinematography, the crew had to call upon some old tricks when preparing Peter Boyle for the monster's role. You see, Boris Karloff wore greenish makeup for his iconic part in the 1931 Frankenstein because the color made his face stand out. So Boyle followed suit with his look. Um, so that makes him, it does give it like almost like a black and white glow with the, the bluish green paint. Um, <laughs> Peter Boyle does a fantastic job for a guy who didn't have a line for like the first hour and 25 minutes of the movie, other than his, uh, childish moaning and swatting at butterflies when they play the music. Uh, the monocle debacle is, uh, Kenneth Mars who plays Inspector Kent. Um, according to him, it hinged on conversation he had with Mel Brooks about the character's look. The actor stated, he, if you're wearing a, an eye patch and you've got a monocle on top of the eye patch, is that too much? Uh, Kemp, um, sorry, Kenneth Mars said to Mel and Mel's reply was, of course not. He said, good, you're hired. So there you go. He, he, he had an, uh, uh. <laughs> he has his eye patch on top of his monocle. There had been a confirmed effect. That young Frankenstein is indeed following in his grandfather's footsteps. What? Following in his grandfather's footsteps. 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 Oh, footsteps. 
So, moving on. Uh, Peter Boyle first encountered his future spouse on the set. Uh, romances can drop up in the most unexpected places, and that's exactly what happened to Peter Boyle. Incredibly, he was introduced to his future spouse while she was taking notes on Young Frankenstein's production. Lorraine Alterman Boyle was preparing to pen a feature on the movie to publish in Rolling Stone. So, there we go. Uh, Cloris Leachman was nearly in the musical, and if you don't know what we're talking about, there is a Broadway or off-Broadway stage version of Young Frankenstein. Following Cloris Leachman's elimination from Dancing with the Stars back in 2008, um, she revealed a bombshell to Us Weekly. The actress said Mel Brooks called me this morning when I was in the bathtub. Um, He wants me to come back to Broadway and take over my role in the musical Young Frankenstein. Sadly, Leachman couldn't reprise the hilarious part of Frau Brooker. In the end, due to scheduling conflicts. Uh, <laughs> Gene Hackman um, is a tremendous uh, actor with two Academy Awards to his name, but he had to push for his memorable cameo in Young Frankenstein. It was revealed in the Blue Ray commentary that Hackman played a lot of tennis with Wilder back then, uh, which is how he heard of his work on the movie. He subsequently asked for a part as he wanted to try comedy even offering to do it for nothing. Uh, he apparently was asking for just like a background role or a, a side, you know, one-line role or whatever, and they, Mel and Gene said, well, it, it, why not make him the blind gentleman? And why wouldn't you? I mean, if you, you know, you, sometimes I think it took me two or three times watching the movie until I realized that that's Gene Hackman and never put two and two together, and then I saw the credits after that, and I'm like, well, boy, I'm slow. Wait! Where are you going? I was going to make espresso. So reportedly, there was a heated argument between Mel and uh, Gene about um, the ending. So imagine Mel Brooks ever losing his cool, yet it happened while shooting Young Frankenstein. He and Wilder had a heated disagreement at the latter's home, which led Brooks to walking out the front door. Then the director called Wilder back after a few minutes and said, who was the madman you had in your house? According to the actor, it was Mel's way of apologizing. So apparently the heated argument is over the putting on the Ritz ending of the movie where Mel didn't think that that was, you know, that for the whole culmination that that was the way, you know, to do it. But Gene fought and fought and fought, and apparently Mel saw the light after Gene was so adamant about making sure that in the scene... Or that that was a scene in the movie. No tongues. Not all ad libs pay off when making a movie, but the great Madeline Kahn uh, made out weighed one count in Young Frankenstein during the sequence when her character Elizabeth is about to share a smooch with Wilder's Frankenstein, the character's fiance. She tells him no tongues. That line wasn't in the script, but Brooks kept it in the final cut. Uh, Madeline Kahn, fantastic. Originally up for the role of the. Um, assistant, um, but they did not want the role. The assistant wanted the role of the of the um, fiance. Jesus, um, um, and did a fantastic job in it. Uh, the original props were the one of the coolest things of the movie. Is the next time you watch Young Frankenstein, pay close attention to the machines in the laboratory. 
Why? Well, most of those tools were utilized in 1931's Frankenstein, the classic that inspired Mel Brooks and many other filmmakers. What a way to pay homage to one of the cinema's greatest horror flicks. Uh, Brooks went all in, found out that the all the props were just stored away in a, in a um, some warehouse or something for you know thirty some years, uh, thirty forty some years, and um, they used the original props from the original 1931 Frankenstein in the 1974 Young Frankenstein. Um, the Walk This Way gag wasn't well received by everyone. So when uh, Froderick meets Igor at the train station, Igor tells him to walk this way. As per the New York Post, Feldman shared the iconic Walk This Way joke off-camera, which prompted Brooks to add it to the film. There was just one problem, though. The actor himself hated it. Wilder wasn't too keen either, but the director stood his ground and didn't cut it. Thank goodness, and the joke had a few other notable fans. Uh, it's 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 a joke that's been, you know, shoot. I mean, it's been redone countless of times, and I know I've said it to people: "Walk this way." Uh, this movie inspired, in fact, the "Walk This Way" has inspired many. Walk This Way is a classic song by rock legend Aerosmith, captivating listeners since it dropped back in 75. But do you know what ultimately spurred the group to create it? Simple. They saw Young Frankenstein. Yep, Marty Feldman's memorable line inspired Stephen Tyler to pen a track. Needless to say, Aerosmith made back the price of their movie theater tickets and a bit more. Uh, the Candles. During the sequence... Where the characters were walking around Frankenstein ca Castle, the candles they were using weren't real. Instead, each candle was actually an aluminum tube that housed a powerful projection bulb. That setup came with a lot of wiring, which the actors needed to conceal under their costumes. Maybe it would have been easier to just use actual candles. <clears throat> Mel Brooks says it's his best film, but not the funniest. <clears throat> Hard to beat Blazing Saddles as your funniest, though. When looking at Brooks' films, where would you rank Young Frankenstein? Well, according to the man himself, it's just below Blazing Saddles and the producers on the comedy scale. Despite that, he still believes it's his finest work. As the director said in the DVD commentary, the movie is just as emotional as it is funny, and that's why it's lasted so long. Uh, crafting Inga's voice, Terry Garr was absolutely perfect for the role of Inga, mind you. She enjoyed a stroke of fortune ahead of the audition that ultimately bagged her the part. The New York Post reported that Gar was on the Sonny and Cher show a day prior, where she met German, a German woman dealing with the wigs. Following the chat, the actress used her voice as an inspiration for the character of Inga. Hello. Would you like to have a roll in the hay? It's fun. Roll, roll, roll in the hay. So, as, as many Mel Brooks fans will tell you, the cameos he makes in his movie are, are consistently brilliant, breaching the fourth wall with ease. Surprisingly, though, Wilder didn't want for a young Frankenstein cameo from Mel. In his mind, it wouldn't have fit. And for that reason, Brooks stayed off screen. Then again, his voice did pop up near the start as a howling wolf. So, in the great scene where... Werewolves. Werewolves? Werewolves. Their castle. Why are you talking like that? I thought you wanted to. No, I don't. Well, suit yourself. So Mel Brooks is the sound effects of the werewolf and the cat getting hit with the dark. Uh, Leon Askin. 
If you're a fan of Hogan's Heroes, then this next tidbit could leave you slightly disappointed. As it turns out, Leon Askin was in Young Frankenstein's initial cut, taking on the role of an attorney. Yet in the end, the TV star's work was left on the cutting room floor by Brooks. Oh, so I'm not sure who he was in Hogan's Heroes. Uh, the Battle Hymn of the Republic, during the sequence when Elizabeth is combing her locks prior to getting kidnapped by the monster, she belts out a tune, it's the Battle Hymn of the Republic. But why did Brooks go with that track? Simple, really. He didn't have to pay for it. Yep, as he noted on the DVD commentary, it's part of the public domain. Uh, while making Young Frankenstein, Brooks was aware of Wilder's ambitions to become a director himself, so he offered various tidbits across the shoot. The actor once said Mel would say, Do you know the trouble I'm in because I didn't shoot that close-up? Don't do that, I would say to him. Who... To whom are you talking? He'd reply, you, when you're directing. <laughs> uh, the staircase scene. Remember the scene where Frau Blucher <laughs> leads Frankenstein up a staircase with an unlit candelabra? Well, Wilder could barely keep it together thanks to Cloris Leachman's hilarious performance. As she recalled in an interview shared by The Hollywood Reporter, as I turned to Gene, he'd be laughing. His face was in two pieces laughing. We did about 15 takes. I just tickled him to pieces. The running joke regarding Igor's moving hump is one of our favorites from Young Frankenstein. It's just silly. Uh, mind you, it wasn't part of the original screenplay. Instead, Marty Feldman was repositioning the prop without mentioning it during the early part of the shoot. Once the actors picked uh, the other actors picked up on it, then it became just an official gag. Um, it was a great scene where he said, "Well, it wasn't where Gene Wilder stops and says, wasn't that on the other side?'" And what what? N never mind. You know, I don't mean to embarrass you, but I'm a rather brilliant surgeon. Perhaps I could help you with that hump. What hump? 1974 was a good year at the box office for Mel Brooks. Uh, Young Frankenstein was a huge hit at the box office back in 74, bringing him in, oh, bringing in over 86 million. For if I'm not mistaken, it was made for a budget of 2.3 million. Um, so it made 86 million in eight in uh, box office. That made it the fourth biggest film of the year, and it wasn't Brooks' only success across those 12 months. Blazing Saddles topped the aforementioned charts by earning close to $120 million as well. Not a bad year for Mel. Uh, bringing the monster back to life as Frankenstein attempts to revive his monster in the movie, the latter's face lights up, and thanks to pretty cool special effects, you see a prosthetic head was made to resemble Peter Boyle's, and a bulb was placed inside the prop, which illuminated his uh, mouth and eyes simple but uh, effective, which is, is a pretty cool scene, actually, when for black and white lighting. Um, the monster scene with the blind character, uh, Harold, uh, Gene Hackman's character, is a full of hilarious gags, including the moment when he gets a lap full of scorching soup, but Boyle and the crew didn't want to take any chances while filming it, so he sported a protective cup under his costume, better uh, to be safe than sorry. Madeline Kahn's wardrobe situation. Um, thanks to the motion picture production code, Brooks and costume designer Dorothy Jenkins faced a very specific challenge on Young Frankenstein. To heighten the character's attractive nature, Jenkins was tasked to reveal as much of Madeline Kahn's upper torso as possible without violating the rules of the time. That must have been a very uh, odd process. Madeline Kahn was, uh, she was pretty well-chested there. She uh, was a beautiful woman and was carrying some cassabas. Where are you going? Where? Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones and you're off with the boys. 
to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. Oh, I was going to make espresso. Well, Gene Hetman's cameo in Young Frankenstein barely lasts for five minutes. He leaves an unmistakable mark on the film. His one scene as Harold is an absolute classic, plus his closing line was completely improvised. Uh, improvised. Uh, the first two utterance of I was going to make espresso was literally all they could use as it drew so many laughs. Hagman struggled to say it again. Uh, how many chimes? Okay, fans, here's a question to truly test your knowledge of Young Frankenstein. The opening scene of the movie... How many times does the old clock chime? Remember, the camera shows it's 12 o'clock. Well, if you said 12, you'd be wrong. It's actually 13. Probably the easiest joke to miss. So if you're not counting. So uh, we talked earlier about the movie and how much it cost to make. Before the camera started rolling on Young Frankenstein, Brooks was looking to make it with Columbia Pictures. Yet there was uh, just one problem. The executive de detested his plan to shoot the movie in black and white. Uh, due to that disagreement, the director left them and joined up with 20th Century Fox, which gave him no such issues. And part of it, too, was they were asking for the 2.3 mil from Columbia um, to, to produce the movie. And um, I believe Columbia would only give him like 1.6. Um, so 1.6 mil. Um, are you squeamish? If so, this next secret is sure to test your stomach. During the scene when Frankenstein and Terry Gars Inga discover a collection of skulls on display, most of them were genuine. Yep, they came from real skeletons. The six-month dead skull was the only fake in the bunch created especially for the movie. So it, what it is, they're, they're finding the secret passageway down to the uh, laboratory. And there's... Uh, a bunch of skeletons like one year dead two years dead six months dead and then there's recently dead and of course as we know that's uh igor uh root shoots can be avoidable sometimes and brooks found himself in that position on young frankenstein thanks to an issue with uh makeup continuity continuity small parts of harold's sequence needed to be filmed again but gene hackman wasn't available so the director stepped up to fill his boots it's his hand you see when the soup gets dropped on the monster um, it's actually, Young Frankenstein is actually in the, uh, National Film Registry. Unsurprisingly, it's a huge horror, honor, not horror, honor, when a movie gets added to the National Film Registry. Once it's on the list, a project will be preserved forever. Anyway, Young Frankenstein eventually earned a spot in the lineup back in 2003. What an accomplishment. Future generations will now have the chance to howl with laughter like the rest of us. Um, and it's pretty cool to be in the National Film Registry. It's kind of like the Hall of Fame of movies, if there was one. Uh, we still have nightmares from the five times before. That line spoken by an unnamed official during Inspector Kemp's first scene is quite easy to miss, yet it's actually a cool Easter egg. As Brooks noted in the DVD commentary, it was a cheeky, cheeky acknowledgement of the old Universal Monster movies that there were five Frankensteins. Um... They uh, fought again, looking back on his talks with Columbia Pictures. Brooks recalled that the execs tried to pull a fast one on him. The director who spoke to Conan O'Brien in an interview said, they said, okay, we'll make it in black and white, but on color stock, so that we can show it in Peru, which just got color. And I said, no, you'll screw me. You'll print everything in color. It's got to be on black and white. So who, <laughs> Peru had to see it. They just got color. They wanted to see it in color. Gene Wilder's favorite movie, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the producer, Stir Crazy, Blazing Saddles. Those are just a few of the standouts from Wilder's impressive body of work. 
but one movie in particular stole his heart. Yep, the actor revealed that Young Frankenstein was the pick of the bunch, in his opinion. Is it your favorite of his? Um, it's it's just a fun movie to watch. Every Halloween, every October, I put it on. So, uh, And so uh, quotable. I mean, we already discussed Walk This Way. Um, we've used uh, several other lines from the movie in uh, some other things that we've made over the years at, 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 at the Hobby Ending Pod Show. But yeah, you can't go wrong with it. It's such a good movie. Uh, ending with putting, you know, the putting on the Ritz dance scene and everything. Um, some uh, notable things that I just learned uh, was watching over the weekend Scooby Doo and the Scooby Doo and the Courage movie. So it's it's an animated, obviously, with Scooby Doo meeting Courage the Cowardly Dog. A uh, little crossover. It's uh, I think it's straight out of nowhere, Scooby Doo. Um, but there's a character in it called uh, Frau. Glockenspiel, and and in that uh, in the cartoon, when they ever say her name, they you hear the horses in the background whinny, uh, just like uh, whenever you say uh, Frau Blucher in uh, Young Frankenstein. So I had to quick get that in before the horses whinnied. Um, so it's a nice homage, uh, paying its respects. Uh, another callback in the Scooby-Doo and Courage film uh, is um, uh, they, one of the characters asks Scooby and the gang to uh, walk this way. Uh, it, it's an unf- it's <laughs> just a classic line. That, it's amazing the actors didn't want to use it in the film, but everybody quotes it today. People probably quote it not knowing where it came from originally. So, um, Sadly, um, the, I believe the... Only cast member still, uh, besides Mel Brooks, the director of the movie, um, the only cast member I believe still uh, alive is Terry Garr. Uh, Yeah, so Gene Wilder, he uh, passed away in um, 2016, August 29th, at the age of 83. Um, Marty Feldman, who played Igor. Uh, a great uh, great character actor. I mean, the guy's eyes just made him stand out. He was uh, 48 when he passed away in Mexico City. If I'm not mistaken, he was filming a movie um, down there. And um, apparently he was quite a chain smoker and a coffee drinker. And, uh, yeah, so I believe they did not help in his passing. Um, we lost Peter Boyle, um, recently, if everybody, you know, everybody else, Raymond, you know him, he was 71, we lost him in 2006, uh, I believe Cloris Leachman recently passed away in the last couple of years, um, which was too bad, and I'm, I'm, um, I'm just remembering these actors, yeah, she died in 2021, so, uh, uh, roughly over, it'll be two years coming up, uh, she was 94. Kind of doesn't get the uh, Betty White prominence that, that she, you know, Cloris has been in a lot of things. Uh, Madeline Kahn, who I know she passed away from cancer in 1999 at the age of 57. She was uh, doing, uh, she was on one of, uh, I believe at the time, doing Bill Cosby's current, uh, for that time, uh, news show, whatever it was. It's uh so hopefully he didn't have anything to do with her passing. Uh, Gene Hackman is still around. Uh, I believe the actor is 
Uh, he's uh, 92, so and he's still still alive. Um, I would imagine he tired from acting. Uh, Kenneth Mars, he played the um, Inspector Kemp. Um, and one thing I learned about him as well, uh, he passed away in 2011 at the age of 75. Um, the Inspector Kemp character was loosely based on Peter Sellers' character in um, uh, Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Love the Bomb and whatever it was. I can't remember if he played Dr. Strangelove, actually. Yeah, Dr. Strangelove or How I... Learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. Uh, but yeah, Peter Sells, I know, played three characters in it. One of them was a German scientist, and uh, that's who Inspector Kemp's character is based on, uh, loosely based on. And Terry Gar is, uh, she's still alive, uh, age 77 currently, lives in, uh, in California, I believe. So there you go, that's the, the cast of uh, The Young Frankenstein. Uh, great movie if you've never seen it. Uh, suggest checking it out. As a, you know, you can go to it as a comedy, you can go to it as a, a cult classic horror film. But, uh, yeah, so, there you go. Happy Ending Pod Show doing uh, Happy Ending Pod Show Halloween, Hepsoween things. And getting hopefully getting people into the Halloween spirit of this evening with uh, some young Frankenstein. Uh, thanks for listening. Have a good night. Look up.